We gas up our dogs all the time because we interpret high levels of excitement as happiness. A lot of the time that dog also protects that owner's space. So you see territorial aggression around the human because that dog thinks it owns that space. I own my human's intimate space, thus I must protect it at all costs. Hello, and welcome back to Honest to Dog Podcast. It's me, Liz Foley, your favorite dog trainer. And I'm Jeff Gadway, your favorite co-host. Today, we are talking about jumping up. Jumping up. How often does this come up, Liz, when, when you're working with clients? How often is somebody like ring, ring? Yeah, jumping up is usually... You're supposed to, you're supposed oh, to sorry. Oh. role play with me here. Hello. Hi, I, I've got this dog that just won't stop jumping up. Every time I come home, it jumps all over me. It knocks me over. I've got my groceries. Help. How often does that happen? It's usually something on people's checklist. Like it, it usually goes hand in hand with overexcited, can't calm down, um, jumping up, running away. Like it's it's a sign of disrespect from your dog. Ooh. And there's usually more to that. If, so it's does more, that make sense? It's more a symptom mm-hmm. than a than a core mm-hmm. problem. Disrespect and overexcitement is usually the result or leads to, I should say, jumping up. And do you see it in all dog breeds, all dog ages, all family situations? Like it's not something that like, you know, shepherds are more prevalent or prone to jumping up than no. chihuahuas or anything like that. No. Like, Any and every breed can and will jump up, especially if it's been encouraged or rewarded. Dogs just do what works. And why do we continue to allow dogs to jump up? I mean, I, my take on it, and you can tell me if you think that there's any truth to this or not, is that we equate jumping up with my dog missed me, my dog loves me, I love mm-hmm. my dog, you know, it's like a happy reunion kind of thing. And so we actually think about it as kind of an endearing quality until it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I usually see is people are very forgiving when it's a small dog or a puppy. And they're like, it's okay, it's okay. But when that puppy is full grown, all of a sudden it's not cute and we want to stop that behavior. Right. Um, it also becomes a problem. And this is when I've had training sessions where I've been contacted for help because a dog has jumped up on a small child and hurt the child or somebody elderly and it's become a problem. And now we're thinking the dog is aggressive when again, it's just um, a a sign of overexcitement, poor boundaries and lack of respect for others' intimate space. That's really interesting. I never thought about this, but just as you were saying that, it dawned on me that if a dog jumps up, it's kind of binary. It either jumps up or it doesn't. It doesn't jump up on Liz, but not mm-hmm. Jeff. Like it's it's either a trained behavior or a, not a trained behavior. And so a dog can't distinguish between, oh, this is somebody who's able-bodied and, you know, totally comfortable with this. And this is somebody who's maybe a little bit older or uh, is a child and and so isn't able to withstand the jumping up mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah, they'll do it on anyone if if they think that they can get away with it. And that's when it becomes a problem because a lot of people don't like dogs jumping at, up at them. The people that really hate it and are going to be a problem are people who are afraid of dogs. Sure. Because they will interpret that every time as a threat. 
Yeah, and it's aggression. something, yeah, dangerous yeah. aggression, a harmless jumping up from a happy-go-lucky dog, they'll say it attacked them. And then that's a whole nother situation. I would imagine another thing that complicates the situation is that we're inconsistent with what we encourage and what we reprimand. I mean, I think I see some people who they'll go from their dog jumping up being okay because it's excitement. And then immediately they get frustrated or upset that the dog mm -hmm. won't settle down. And so you've gassed the dog up and then you're immediately telling them to like reprimanding them for being overly excited. So you're sending mixed messages. Mm -hmm. And the real issue with something like that is now you've made it inconsistent with the payout which actually makes the behavior more likely to continue. Yeah, what is that called again? Operant conditioning or mm -hmm. something like that? Yeah, so when you're starting out with rewarding behaviors that you want to see continue, you're very generous to start with how much you reward. So lots of treats in the beginning, and then you start to wean them off to fewer and more randomly. It's random reinforcement that we were looking for. We found it. We got there. We got there. But yeah. Anytime you go into random reinforcement, it's like how gamblers have problems because they, they're they always like, well, the next time it'll pay out. Right, the right. next time it'll pay out. I'm going to keep going until I get that payout. That's why I buy lottery tickets every week because this is the week that yeah, we're going to Yeah, this is going to be the one. week. Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So so we've talked about why jumping up is, is not a desirable activity. As, as cute as we might find it sometimes it has more downsides than it has pros for ourselves and for potential visitors or guests that might be coming to the home. So I think there's really two paths to go from here, Liz. How do we ensure that we don't inadvertently encourage our dog to jump up in the first place? Like maybe you've got a puppy or you've got a dog that's coming from adolescence into adulthood. And we want to make sure that we don't have that behavior kick off. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the question, okay, so I have a dog that jumps up some of the time or jumps up consistently. How do I curb that behavior? So maybe let's start with how do we ensure that we don't start this from the get-go? Yeah, it's so easy to actually prevent this behavior from happening if you are intentional from the start. My go-to, especially for with puppies and how to create really, really clear boundaries is obviously going to be creating your dog. Creating a puppy allows us to really start the interaction within our own control. So I'm not going to open the crate door until you're in a calm state. I also leash you up as you're coming out. So again, I have a way to control and interrupt if you go to jump up on me and I'm not in a reactive state, I'm being proactive with everything. So I'm really intentional about how I introduce myself to you and it's all calm. So if I'm getting up in the morning to let out a puppy, I'm not, oh, hi, honey, how are you? Did you have a good sleep? And doing this whole song and dance and creating excitement that's only gonna make it more challenging for that dog to keep all four paws on the ground. So calm and crating are gonna be your best friends for setting the dog up for success. I also recommend keeping puppies on leash really at all times so that you can be giving feedback 
for the behaviors that you want versus what you don't want. An easy way to prevent your puppy from jumping up on you is standing on the leash. Standing on the leash so that they can't actually get up and put their paws on you and you just wait until they stop. And then the second they stop, you walk away. It also can help you from allowing your dog to, your puppy to get to other people to jump on them, you have them unleash. You can call them back to you. You can use pressure to back them up. Um, so then they're not practicing it because other people play a huge role in training your puppy and the behaviors that you want versus don't want. And so if, if your puppy gets to somebody and it jumps up and they reward it, we have to undo that now. Yeah, that kind of brings me to one of the things I was thinking about specifically around coming home or re-entering the home. And we might have talked about this in another episode. It feels familiar to me, but maybe it's just because we talk about it all the time between us, but almost kind of making the entry no big deal mm -hmm. and encouraging others to do the same. So for example, when we come home, we make a very deliberate point to not gas the dogs up and be like, hey, Bakey, how was your day? Ty Ty, how are you doing? I missed you, buddy. Like, And create that excitement that could lead to jumping up. And what we also do when people come to the house is try to give them advance warning and just say, hey, can you do me a favor? We're working on some things with the dogs. Can you just ignore the dog you know, to make it no big deal? And I feel like those things, if we're, th if we're talking about preventative strategies, those things could be really effective to not turn on the gas. Mm -hmm. Well, I have signs all over the doghouse for clients coming in so that their own dog doesn't jump up on them. And that's not the, the initial reunion um, where their dog pretty much claims them by jumping up and greets them with too much excitement. I want their reunion to be calm. And so there are reminders to practice no touch, no talk, no eye contact. And that's the best way to prevent an overexcited greeting. Because you're right, we gas up our dogs all the time because we interpret high levels of excitement as happiness. And what we know too is we don't encourage dogs to be overly excited when meeting other dogs. Like we're, we've learned that that creates reactivity. We don't want that for our dogs. And the thing that usually is coupled too with a dog that jumps up on the, the human a lot of the time that dog also protects that owner's space. So you see you see territorial aggression around the human because that dog thinks it owns that space. I own my human's intimate space, thus I must protect it at all costs. So what does a greeting look like in our house? It's not that we're not excited to see our dogs. I mean, I have to usually, you know, tone down my enthusiasm because I am excited to see the dogs but I make a very deliberate point, I know you do too, especially if the dogs are crated, to wait until they calm down to then go over and let them out. Or if they're not crated, wait until they're calm to maybe get on the ground and show them some affection or something like that. Only rewarding calm, right? It's easier for me to practice a calmer greeting when our dogs are in their house versus when they're out. So when they come to the door with their waggy tails and they don't jump up, but they're in a happy-go-lucky state, it's really hard for me to not talk to them. Oh my gosh, it was the hardest oh with my Carmen. Gosh. Oh Carmen, my gosh. When we would come home, she'd usually let out a couple of big woofs. Yeah. 
And then she do, we called it, we affectionately called it the squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. Ashley Poser gave her that nickname. Yeah. I loved it. I think you do the be- the better squeaky wheel I'm between the two d- of us. I'm not going to do an imitation. Absolutely no? not. Okay. Um, but it was just this like little high pitched squee. Yeah. And she'd wag her tail so hard that her little bum would shake back and forth. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like it's really hard not to engage with that because mm-hmm. it is like the pinnacle of cuteness. Yeah. If we're being honest, she wasn't in a happy-go-lucky state. She was in an excited state. So we did have to ignore that. Mm, like excited, anxious kind of, or just excited? No, just excited. Because she never had any separation anxiety from us. Like she never no. destroyed things. It was just pure, like, I'm so stoked to see you and we're back. And I would be like, that's me on the inside too, girl. Like, <laughs> but we got to lock it down. Lock it down. <laughs> oh God, the best dog. Best dog. Oh, miss her. So we've talked about how to set yourself up from, for success from the beginning and not promoting these behaviors to begin with. Mm-hmm. But if you do have a dog that has a tendency to jump up, whether it's occasionally or consistently, mm-hmm. what are some strategies that folks can use to curb that behavior and get it more under control? Yeah, I would almost like rate it on a scale of like one to 10. So if we're dealing with like- 10 a- being- like jumps up all the time. Shaquille it's, O'Neal, LeBron James. The dog's like punching you in the face, like parkouring off your body. It's a real problem. We got to we gotta bring it down a notch. Then I would definitely be creating that dog or having it in some sort of space that's away from the door that we can actually enter the space and allow the dog time to calm down at a distance. And why at a distance because distance equals respect. And that's why I say when your dog jumps up on you, it's a sign of disrespect because your dog should naturally give you, give way to their leader, right? Um, And so like at the dog house, entering the pack where we would have, at one point we used to have 35 dogs, you could enter, not a dog would put their paws on you, right? It's like parting the sea. They would would make way for you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I saw them do that for dogs. They really respected. So it's it's natural. That's what it means in their world. Distance equals respect. And so I'm only going to allow you into my intimate space when you are in a much calmer state of mind. Not and when in you invite them yeah. in. When you invite them over versus them pushing. Yeah, forcing you. themselves. Yeah. yeah. So creating would be number one. If we have like a medium jumper, where they sometimes jump up or their jumping up isn't completely unmanageable. And say you have someone else in the home too for when you come home and are reunited with your dog, having your dog on place or even just having your dog on leash with that person can prevent that dog from getting fully to you and practicing those behaviors. So how could that work? Let's say you've got a household where one person is at home with the dog, the other person is at work and coming home. How could you work that logistically so that you set yourself up for success? Call them, text them, tell them you're on the way. You're not already in the driveway. Like Call your dog, text your dog. The person in the house. <laughs> Sorry, uh, bad dad joke. And have them be prepared for that. Because a lot of the times dogs know when we're coming down the street. So you want to give more notice than that so the dog can be in more of a resting state. And... This, I, I just thought about this because you're absolutely right. Somehow our boys have Liz radar. <laughs> Before you've even turned into the driveway, they know. And, you know, especially Ty, he's in the window 
mm-hmm. looking for mom. And especially when he sees your truck coming down the street before you even turn in, like if he's not settled, he could be set off. So what happens in that case, then the person who's at the house is reactive mm-hmm. and their energy is up. So I think you're right, like giving lots of heads up so that you can be truly proactive mm-hmm. and anticipate it versus responding is going to be far more successful. Yeah. And I don't want to put the leash on the dog in the excited state. Right. I want to mark the calm submissive state. So your leash goes on like it's no big deal. And maybe I just take you on a little loop around the house and then make you have a nice sit while I'm on the couch and you're on the floor beside me. And then mom comes in the door and it's just no big deal. Can we try that tomorrow? Because like our boys don't jump. But like I said, like Ty especially, he can be set off. He's just excited. He Mm -hmm. barks. Mm-hmm. So give me a shout before you leave the dog house. Okay. I'm going to put him on leash, put Baker on leash, set them up on place next to me or like in a sit. Mm-hmm. I like this. Okay. So that's kind of like a medium level. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of lower? Yeah. Still? If your dogs just sometimes jump on you or you just want a much calmer reunite, reunition, <laughs> reunion maybe reunion <laughs> woo it's been a long day <laughs> I like my version I like better it too. I like it too <laughs> where did that come from sometimes I worry about Honest myself a dog dictionary holy they call them Lizzieisms in my family and I like a catch 29 yeah I said that too once whoo okay I'm a special snowflake <laughs> you're my favorite snowflake so, so uh, low level, I would just come in and ignore. Okay. You could do the ignore thing and it would change your dog's energy really quick. Um, and so long as you're consistent with that and make it no big deal, the minor jumping up here and there will go away. Do you need to do anything in that scenario to claim space or to not reprimand or correct, but discourage? Like, there's pure ignore and then, you know, something mm-hmm. I've maybe heard, and I, I don't think you've ever promoted this. It doesn't seem in line with your philosophy, but I've seen other trainers be like, well, you put your hands up and kind of like boop your dog, like create like a bit of a wall that they jump into to try to, I don't know, discourage. That seems a little extreme to me. It's but- like a, like a bonk. there that is what an approach (laughs) um again i'm always going to try to err on the side of prevent 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 as much as possible but there are going to be dogs who especially if they've been practicing the behavior for so long they might challenge back it is a quick way to assert yourself and set a boundary with the dog um moving forward as they come in if they're coming in really really hot a lot of the times you can interrupt that before they even put their paws on you. That makes sense. You can just tell the dog's like charging at you and you take a giant step forward. The dog will probably be like, whoa, I'm going to put on my brakes. I'm not going to jump on this person. No, I wouldn't really encourage that for someone to do. Like, let's try another method first. Um, Actually, and this triggered something for me. You could come in. This is something Caesar does sometimes. He has like a tennis racket and he'll just use it to block, right? 
So if you want to claim space, it's not to hit the dog, nothing like that. It's just an extension of yourself. And we've talked, I think, about how I have like a magic stick at the dog house as just a way to block more space, take, take up, up more, more space, space. Yeah. And, and claim it and move forward. And dogs really respond to that. It's an extension of your arm or an extension of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if you had something like that on the outside of your door, if you weren't going to crate, if you weren't you don't have someone else at home to help you with this situation, then you could come in with that to just get the dog to back up. Now, what's your professional opinion on the Ace Ventura method where you put your <laughs> keys in the door and, and you, you just rattle you it, rattle and shake. Want to take a look inside? Come on. Come on. Go ahead. Snoop around. Are you satisfied? All right. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Loser. <laughs> to have your dog go into its spot. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, that would be so cool. But... I mean, I even thought about this the other day. If Ty's wearing his e-collar and I have the remote, I could technically send him to place from the other side of the door before even coming in. Oh, fascinating. Or at least to back up or to down or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. This is the cool thing about dog training. Like, I'm still unlocking things. Yeah. Like, we were talking about this actually earlier today that Larry Crone, a very well-known dog trainer in the industry. Um, I think he claims that he only knows 5% about dogs and like, he's amazing. So it's just, it's just a reminder that we don't have it all figured out anyways. No, I, I love that. I love that. I mean, I'm thinking about, about Ty, Ty specifically. I, I don't feel like, I don't, does he even need that? I mean, it's, it's a great tool. It's a great new way to use e-collar. You were talking about in one of the previous episodes, the one about e-collar, all the different ways to use it as a tool to communicate to your dog remotely. It's such an interesting approach. Ty, though, it seems to me, you know, he's pretty, pretty calm coming mm -hmm. in, L low level. He doesn't jump up. He doesn't jump up on his one little back spring or anything. What would you do with him? Like, do, do you think he needs any corrective action coming in the house? No, more so if I have another dog with me. Ah, He's not as respectful. He's very fascinated about who's coming in. He wants to set a boundary yes. for himself. And actually it's interesting because Jose and Ty don't have the best relationship. And I'm being honest, Tim. <laughs> um, and so we always kind of have to have a strategy for having them together. And so like right now while we're recording, our boys are in a house. Jose is just chilling on place. Um, and we kind of do this switch them around type yeah. of thing. And I think it was last week when we were recording, um, I had Jose and I didn't have a leash on him and I was coming in and you were somewhere else. I was the only one there or something. And I walked in and I actually had Jose in my arm down low and I came in and I sent Ty away. And I was very firm because I know how much Ty wants to control Jose. And Jose's a pretty confident guy. So he doesn't really give way to Ty. Right. And I think that frustrates Ty more. And so I kind of came, I, I was channeling 
my Caesar Milan, like so hard where I was like coming in. What was your energy and what was your intention? Ooh, it was so clear. It was clear as day. I came up with the plan outside because pack leaders always have a plan. Um, and so my plan was, I'm going to hold Jose down more at my hip. Um, so I'm not holding him up high to make him prized. Yeah. 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 I was going to walk in very confidently with shoulders back, head up and extend my arm as I came in to send Ty away. And this is actually something I'm glad we're talking about this, that owners should practice outside of excitement, exciting times where they practice sending their dog away. We do teach recall, right? Come towards me. But sometimes there are necessary times when you need your dog to like move away, like give me some space, back up. That's something I would encourage people to work on. Anyway, so I sent Ty away and he kind of got like, whoa, <laughs> like Mommy's all confused. Yeah. yeah, not scared. Just this moment of like, who's this boss lady? Um and that shift was my my opening for him to become more calm submissive. And so I think I asked him for a sit or a down. I put Jose down and Ty went to move forward and I just kept sending him away. So in a sense, what I did was I claimed Jose. I said, ah. this here, he belongs to me. I got this. And yeah, I got this. Yeah. Well, it kind of comes back to what you're saying before about it being a lack of respect. And and not that Ty doesn't respect you, but I don't think he respects Jose, maybe. Well, that's what I that's what I was getting at. And so he is saying, I need to control this situation. And what you're saying is, listen, I got this. Mm-hmm. I got this. Just back off. It's interesting, even with Carmen, there were times where going back to your point about like out like teaching your dog away, same thing with things like stop right? Like we focus on recall, teaching your dog to stop or teaching your dog, you know, away could be for their own protection, their own safety if something is happening. And so I remember you working on this with Carmen at the dog park, teaching her, you know, stop like right now kind of thing could be if your dog's about to cross the road or something like that. And so that, that's another really good one. And, And she, I remember the first time you really with conviction you know, told her to put the brakes on. She was kind of like, huh, what? Like, are you okay, mama? (laughs) (laughs) She means business. Yeah. Well, I know we got a little bit far field here in terms of jumping up, but it, it all comes back to these same themes of boundaries, respect, follow through intention. If you can predict it, you can prevent it. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of nuggets in this episode. I think so too. I think so too. I'd love to hear from listeners. If you have a dog that jumps up, how have these techniques or strategies helped you? I mean, here's a really interesting thought. You love a good before and after video. So if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, hey, we've got some work to do on jumping up, record your dog pre-intervention, just as they would be typically, and then use one of these strategies, whether it's crating, working with a teammate to anticipate a return and and controlling a resource like space, um, or in one of these other tools, and film a video and just post it kind of before or after on uh, Instagram and tag us at Honest to Dog. I love a good transformation. Absolutely. So I want to see it video or it didn't happen. That's what I tell clients all the time. 
Show me the work. You know what we could do? I'm going to put this out here as a little bit of a impromptu challenge. We will pick the best before and after transformation and send you a pack of Liz's pack leader affirmation cards. All right. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Beauty. As always, thanks so much for listening. And until next time, stay calm and assertive. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment or a review. We'd love to hear from you. We release a new podcast weekly. Follow us on Instagram at Honest to Dog Podcast. Honest to Dog Podcast is hosted by Liz Foley and Jeff Gatway. The show is engineered, edited, and produced by me, Timothy Musa. For all things training and daycare, check out doghouse.ca. D-O-G-H-A-U-S dot C-A.